Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this message and we pray that it blesses you. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. All right, so uh, welcome. Great to have you here um, on Sunday morning, second service. Excited for what God is doing in our church family at this time. We've got our our Sunday night services starting uh, tonight, believing that God is asking us to continue to um, make room, open our hearts, open our doors, open our time uh, for others to come in and enjoy what He's doing uh, in this environment at church, North Canterbury, New Zealand, the world. That's happening here which is so good. And a part of what um, this whole initiative is around our Young Adults Initiative. It's not just a Sunday night service. is not just for young adults, but we know that it's going to be a really exciting time for them as well. Actually, on how we're going to just manage this as well, every second week is going to be a repeat week of a Sunday morning. So the Sunday morning speaker will do the same message as the Sunday uh, as Sunday night. And uh, then every other week, there'll be a fresh speaker up there. And so the heart and the idea behind this is that we're, we're going to build another church, another community, that this will be their regular service so that they will stay connected to what's happening in, in our whole church environment. That's a fantastic idea, Glenn. Yeah, come on. And um, the other thing we're going to do now is we're going to pray for Jack because Jack has stepped into our young adult leadership here at Thrive and we just want, we haven't actually recognised us in front of everybody and we haven't prayed for him together. So how about we just jump to our feet, we get Jack jumping to his feet as well and we're just going to pray for him. I'll just come down. Shall I come down? Yeah. Stage it. Staging it. This is something that we prepared earlier. <laughs> Terrible. All right. Let's just stretch a hand out. Like this, uh, this young man is awesome. About a year and a, a year ago, like I just was praying for Jack, and I just kept getting the word pastor over his life. And we believe that this is a call on his life; that he has a call of God on his life um, to go that way. And so this step here um, is one of these kind of first steps for him. Well, it's not the first one; he's done lots of steps, but this is another step that we're recognizing uh, in his in his journey today. So anyway. God, Holy Spirit, we just thank you for the gift of Jack into our church family, the gift of Jack to our, to our region, the, the gift of Jack to lives, to families, to young adults, Lord, specifically, Lord, to hurting young adults, Lord, to rejected young adults, God, to broken young adults, God. We thank you for the assignment of Jesus Christ on his life, Lord, to restore, redeem, raise up, to heal, to prophesy, to preach, Lord, to, to be a friend, God. Lord, we just release like this assignment and this mantle, Lord, Lord, for young adults, Lord, at this church, in this hour, Lord, at Thrive God. We thank you, Father, that you are calling him to be a light and a voice to this generation, God. Ho, Lord, we just recognize the graces and the gifts on his life of creativity, Lord. Lord, to reveal the heart of the Creator, Lord, 
to the people, the beauty of creation, Lord, to, to what you've done, to what you're doing in this season, Lord Jesus. Just bless him fully. We just release blessing over him emotionally, physically, Lord, financially, God. Lord, we just pray your blessing around his life, God. Lord, that he would fulfill this grace and this call and this race that you have put in front of him in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. If you've got a prophetic word for Jack, um, give it to him. He'd love it. Um, and we love Jack. And he's coming on as voluntary as well. Uh, we can afford to pay a few uh, of his covering costs and that sort of thing. And Jack's been volunteering. Uh, volunteering. <laughs> volunteering. It's a new word. Yeah. Um, He's been volunteering for the last kind of three or four years here, interned two years of of two days a week voluntary here at Thrive, which is an amazing heart commitment to this place. I think we should just give him a hand for that alone and celebrate that. So if you're like one of these people who are like, man, I'm not sure why I should give to church, that's a great reason right there. (laughs) Um, Whether you want to start giving or what have you, we've got people who just believe in their assignment for God. That's what's a part of what the whole tithing and offering is. It's like we tithe so that there's food in the house, there's resources to distribute into our community. And those resources are essentially the best resources that we have for our people. So Man, I just encourage you to embrace the, the fullness of God's promise being realized to this community through your giving. So that's just a part of it anyway. But anyway, yadi, yadi, ya. Um, Sunday night services. Uh, just another thing I want to touch on before I bring this incredible message this morning <laughs> is that um, our prayers are powerful and effective. And you've been, you've been holding these prayer for one cards. If you haven't got one, you can grab one for info. The idea behind these prayer for one cards is that for one minute, for one person, for one month, that you focus in on and just pray for and see what God does. And then maybe ask God, how can I move towards these people in this season? Last weekend, we had Bruce McDonald here. Who's here? Who heard Bruce? This guy, Brucey, he was amazing. I invited him back this weekend. He was so good, but he was busy. Um, and he um, just released his incredible testimonies. And he had he sustained prayer for people for up to five years and then saw God break through in their lives just because he cared for them, just because he went past their house on the corner every day. You know, he just, and I don't want to confine you just to praying for one month and nothing happened. It's like, oh, whatever. Um, like, sustain, if, if God's, if you've got a heart for someone in this season, it's not over. Like, it's not over until they're blessed. It's not over till they're saved. It's not over till they meet, um, like, the grace of Jesus Christ. So, and if you're going through stuff in your life and you're like, I've just got prayer needs, I've got a dream. I've got like a burden in my life. We would love to be praying for you as well. We have our prayer slips down, forms down the back on the way out. You can grab one of those, write your details down as much as you want us to know or not. Um, And then we will be praying for you on Tuesday morning in our staff environment because we care for your breakthrough. We want to partner for your breakthrough at this time. So there goes the preamble. Um, And I have, who's got their Bible here today? Is it a phone? Is it paper? I don't care, uh, because it's going to be up there as well. Uh, So we're going to jump into Hebrews uh, chapter 10, um, and reading from verse 34, 39, there's a bit of conjecture around who wrote uh, Hebrews. Some say it was uh, Paul, and others others say James. Um, Some say it was a woman. Wow, that's next level. 
Oh, that's definitely not Muhammad. Um, oh, no, I just... Oh, dear. I just had a, a moment here with my iPad, and I need... Actually, we could... I'll just press that. Now we can read together, people. Uh, Hebrews 10, 34 to 39. Here we go. You suffered. I love how this starts. Isn't this awesome? You suffered. It starts with hope. It starts with uh, no, actually. Who loves suffering? It's tough, isn't it? It's really hard when you're suffering. When it hurts, it hurts. So we're breaking open some suffering here. And he's writing to these people who are suffering. You're suffering. You suffered along with those in prison. There was people in prison who were suffering. And those outside of prison, they were suffering too. This is a time when the church is in pain. And then he says, and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property. Like, isn't that good news? Like, we've got a group of people here who have suffered, they're hurting, they've had what they've earned, like the legacy around their lives removed from them for years of hard slog. They, what that their home, their, their possessions, they have had this removed. And it says somehow that they did this joyfully. I don't know, but that's a new, new benchmark there um, for us. I don't know how you're suffering in this season, and maybe you are, maybe you aren't, maybe you can relate to your property being removed from your life, but somehow these guys connected with joy in the season of loss, and it says, because you knew that yourselves had better and lasting possessions. They suddenly, you know, there was something in them that woke up to the fact that this life is a temporary business. That the stuff in this planet is actually not of the eternal in, eternal significance than what heaven's purposes and plans are for our lives. Like this life, we got you know I'm hoping for 120. We got this is a fantastic curtain raiser to the main event. And these guys had seen that. They looked at what that had taken from them and said, "I've got something better ahead. Hopefully in this life, but eternally I've got something better." That released this uh, kind of radical joy. I don't know if it was a radical joy. It might be like, yeah, go Jesus. I've lost everything. But joyfully, they joyfully did it. I mean, that would, I, that's radical, isn't it? Then it says, they said, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Man, they They've no matter what loss they'd been through, no matter what pain they'd been through, no matter you know how depressed they'd felt, no matter even if they'd thrown away their confidence, the writer here is urging them, don't throw away your confidence. There's something great ahead for your life. There's something great ahead for your existence, and you can be confident in this season of loss. You can be confident in my goodness uh, at, at this time and. And it's interesting, that Greek uh, term or the Greek word for confidence here, the word is parisia, which also means courage, boldness, or fearlessness in the presence of dignitaries. And it's really interesting, isn't it? These guys were more than likely facing 
public or official persecution of some sort. And they were tempted to lose their boldness. I don't know what, you know, like what we frame as persecution. Sometimes like we crumple when we not realise that we've like just done a meal out of something and there's been like a piece of like, you know, lettuce stuck in our teeth. We're like, oh, that lettuce persecuted me. I feel like such a loser. You know, <laughs> you know, these guys, these, these guys face the real persecution. You know, Stuff was being said about them. Stuff was being aimed at them. They were, their lives changed because of persecution. It was tough for these guys. And then it says, because you need to persevere. You need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. And then it says, but we are not we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. We don't belong to those who shrink back. You're not a part of a people. He's like, I'm just going to focus on this fact here is that you're not called to get small. You're not called to shrink in this season and no matter what, the, the, where you've lost confidence or you've lost heart, you've lost hope, like God's calling you to stay big in this season. He's calling us to have this enduring, confident faith in the middle of hard, hard places. We don't belong. There's a group of people who have shrunk in and maybe they're around you at this time and they're saying, you're too big. You're too out of control. You've got too much faith. You're a bit too radical with your dreams. And they're like, just shrink back a little bit and be a, can't you just be normal? Can't you be like us? But he's saying, you guys aren't normal. You're created to, to be expansive. You're created to still dream big in the hard, hard times, in the hard, hard seasons of life, in the hard places because if you look beyond this moment, you're going to get rewarded. If you keep your eyes fixed on the author and the perfecter of your faith and everything that God wants to unlock, the promises through your life, there's a great reward. There's a great reward for those who persevere and are the saved. There's something to be said about persevering in the hard, hard times. I I love... um, I love the imagery of the Excalibur uh, sword. And, and, and we know the legend that King Arthur, he received this famous sword, the Excalibur. And, and, and legend tells us that it was fixed in this rock for generations. And the, and the rock would actually only release this sword to the right night, the right person that came along. And many tried, but it was never the right person. And I want to tell you today that the Bible says that Christ is the rock of our salvation, that He holds a sword for each one of our lives. And maybe today there could be different swords for different people here today, and there definitely is. And and the sword could be a new assignment for your life in this season. The sword could be a new call into a new position. It could be a promise that you are contending for to see a breakthrough in in your life. It it could be something of the dynamic of heaven to wield in this in the season in your life at the opposition that's trying to shut you down and shut you up. God has a sword of destiny for you at this time. Come on. And um, most, of, most of us want to look like this guy in this season. Uh, as we grab our sword of destiny, we want to look 
We want to look ready. He's got his armour, his matching armour with his sword. He's, he's got the wind flowing through his ears. He looks majestic. He looks studly. He looks, he looks incredible. Actually, he looks like Roger Federer because that is actually his face photoshopped onto that. And maybe if you're a female here today, you, you could see yourself as Xena Warrior Princess or someone there, female version of Night Woman. And, and you think that I, I, need to, I need to be ready for this moment. I need to like, this is how I've, this is a part of my destiny. But in reality, you know, it looks a little bit more like this when we go to our sword of destiny. And it's like we're in this trial and we're like, how the heck, this promise seems so big for me. I can't, I can't lift this. This is, I don't have the arm strength. In fact, the sword is made way wider than my, my biceps. And I, I just feel so immature at this time. And yet there's this great promise and there's this great battle around my life and it's so so extremely intense and every day I might wake up feeling this intense burden and, and God saying, come on, my promises are in front of you. And, and the good thing about this image is that Jesus said this and it said, unless we have faith like a child, we're never going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And that isn't it just for eternity. That is a now word. That's a heaven on earth moment right there as we keep a, a childlike faith in these, in these big assignments and these big challenges in our life that we don't have to look like we have it all together. We don't have to feel like we're completely ready for our assignment because if we wait, we wait, we'll never enter in because you're always going to need to be dependent on the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the, the, the Father of lights, the Father of love, the hope, the joy, the restorer, the redeemer, like we're, that's, where it all, that's where the good stuff comes from. And as we have faith like a child, that's how we enter in this. There's this amazing character in the Bible we love called Father Abraham. And he carried this incredible faith for the promises of, of lives to be released through his life, his own life. He'd been promised stars and like as numerous as the stars and his plentiful as the sand, that he would be the one, he would be this guy. And, and he had this faith that he just had to walk through wielding this promise, wielding this, this sword and this season of this hardship, this promise. And it says this in Romans 4, that he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, that, that he was strengthened in his faith. And he gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do all that he had promised. He was fully persuaded. He had to walk through unbelief. He didn't waver through it. He said he had to, it says he had to, he had to pass through this place of unbelief. It was a place, a place of where the accusation came at him. It was a place where there was no evidence that God was real in his own life. It was a place of discouragement. All that is, that's a part of our journey. And if you're in that, you're not a bad person. You're not, you're not like excluded from God promises. It's not like you don't have enough faith, but he kept coming back to giving God the glory in this season, kept going, putting his hope in, in, in the one who gives life. And, and so he walked through this unbelief and, he, and it says that he didn't waver. He didn't waver through unbelief. 
He had to walk through it, but he didn't waver. He didn't waver from freedom. He didn't waver from joy. He didn't waver from faith. He didn't waver from the promise. And all those things kept him, kept him on this path as he walked through the hard time, as he walked through the trial. He, he just pick up the sword and this is my promise. This is my promise again. This is my hope again. This is where I'm going again. This is my childlike faith in this season. And in Genesis 12 verse 2, we get this commission from God to Abraham and he says this, and it's awesome because he says, I'm going to make you, Abraham. I'm going to own you. I'm going to make you. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. You know, at that time when he received the promise, how exciting is that? He is going to be blessed. He is going to feel different. You know, when we get a blessing from God, we like see the good things and we've got this picture of what it's going to look like. And he's like, man, I am going to be blessed and I want to be blessed from my dad. And it's like, this is for me. The blessing is for me. Yay. I mean, me, you know. This is this. And then it goes on though. And, I, and, and it says, and you will be a blessing. There's a part of your life that you're going to, you're not just, it's not all about you, man. It's not all just about your bank account and your camels and your wives and all that. You know, it's not, it's not about you. That blessing is actually to be unlocked to the nations. That's to be unlocked to generations. And, and if actually, Abraham, if you, if you waver in unbelief, if you, if you go off track, man, there's going to be generations impacted by your unbelief. If you don't stay the course, if you shrink back, if you become destroyed, you know, that's heavy, levy. That's heavy stuff. And because, you know, we're not all called to be Abrahams. We've all got our own promise right now in the season. But how we wield that promise, how we uphold that promise blessing is actually not just about you. It's about your family. It's about the legacy that flows from our lives. It's about, you know, the 10,000, the 50,000 souls in this region. It's about the unborn children. It's about, you know, this is about the name of Christ being upheld for generations in New Zealand. This is about our, our, our government, our, our workplaces, our schools being impacted by the radical nature of Jesus Christ, because if you won't, who will? We can't just pass the buck with our faith and our call. We all need to own this. Come on, we need to own this. The pastor doesn't just own this. The staff don't just own this. We're, like, we're actually called to change a generation, not just pass through and just like clip the ticket and you know retire at one of the new Rangura retirement homes. They're everywhere these days. My gosh. It's like, that's not it. I don't know where it says in the Bible about retiring. It probably does. Yeah. Let me just grab the sword of destiny here. One of the things I was thinking about as, uh, uh, as I prepared this message and just felt the leading of the Holy Spirit is that, you know, we're all called to carry a sword. But so many people never get to actually wield the sword and never get to, you know, whack the sword and cut the sword and, 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 and actually focus on their promise being activated through their sword because they're so focused on other people's calls, other people's promises, and other people's, you know, great assignments that we can end up feeling like, oh, how could we have a great promise? How could we be a part of 
of something that God is doing? How could, how could we be called to if they're called, if they're chosen, if then how's that relevant for my life? And I want to just remind you, as you already know, I'm sure, that everyone is different, everyone's unique, everyone's called to something unique that is deep significant. We are a part of the body of Christ. And man, if the head doesn't have a toe or a foot or a, an arm, it just the body is dysfunctional. So we need everyone. Everyone is a part. Everyone takes part in wielding the sword of destiny. And so let's not get preoccupied with other people's assignments. And I remember, um, let's just pop that back in the hole. Here we go. I remember as a, a young guy just being so preoccupied with everyone else's awesomeness that I just really, really struggled. Last Saturday at our workplace seminar, um, we had uh, Bruce Histerman here. Man, that was a great seminar as well. Heaven and business. And um, he, he said, um, hey, how about everyone just take a moment and just ask the Holy Spirit um, if, if there's any lies that we still believe about ourselves. And so, uh, yeah, cool. Okay, sweet. I did that. And I felt the Holy Spirit say in that small, still voice of his, you consider yourself as an underdog. I was like, What? That's all right, because I quite like the whole underdog picture. It's actually quite awesome, isn't it? I love like the imagery actually of the underdog, and 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 he because the underdog he goes in as a contender. He 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 comes as as an outside chance, and when the underdog wins, it's so much more victorious than just the other guy who was going to win anyway. Is that right? Yeah, it is true, eh? And, and so this thing that is like an outside chance comes in and wins and it's like, yeah, the underdog. And I think that, you know, Kiwis, we can relate to the imagery of the underdog just merely almost from the fact that we are, you know, down under and everyone else is up over and, and Australia isn't just a, a small island off the, the West Coast that we just, you know, historically have like delighted when we've occasionally beaten them in cricket or, you know, rugby when we beat them. And now things have changed because we're beating them a whole lot more. So they are maybe more, a little bit more underdoggy than us uh, these days. Sorry if you're Australian. Um, but we can relate to that imagery of the underdog, I believe, as New Zealanders. And Bruce Hesterman uh, last week, he said this. If Bill Gates was a New Zealander, he probably would have said this about his success, that I made some software and it went quite well. You know, we're just classically understated. We under value ourselves. And we're like, yeah, if we can win, if we can get some runs on the board, that'd be good. If we can be that outside chance for victory in our lives. And, and I, the Holy Spirit just pressed that on me. And I'm like, yeah, actually, we're called to be the head and not the tail. And there's this amazing illustration, imagery in the Bible as well, and, and of David and Goliath, isn't there? And we picture David as the, the underdog, and, and in this, he, he looks like he's up against this giant demigod, and how the heck can that little dude actually take down this massive man called Goliath? But then when you actually read the Scripture and you read what was in David's heart as, as he opens his, his mouth, his stance is anything but an underdog stance. And it says this in, in, in 1 Samuel 17, 26, he says, you know, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Like, he's getting personal about Goliath's family jewels. 
He's like, who are you? You're not even like snipped, lame. And then he goes on to say, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and cut off your head. That's confident. That doesn't sound like an underdog to me. And then verse 47, all those gathered here will know that it is not by the sword or the spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's and He will give all of you into our hands. Mate, this guy knew what he was about. He, this, this is the words of someone who has got this incredible conviction about their mandate to as, as destroy the opposition by wielding the sword of destiny. Yeah, and he didn't have a sword. He had some smooth stones and, and, and a slingshot. And that was what he was good with. That was what he was, he was trained in. And he was like, hey, I'm not going to take your armor, Saul. I'm going to take what I'm good at. And that's going to propel with grace. That's going to that's be my divine moment there when I take down this glory. He knew his assignment. He, he didn't go in as the underdog. And maybe you've considered yourself as an underdog in life. And I want to tell you that you're never, ever God, when God called you and chose you and, and invented you and thought of you before the foundation of the world, he didn't think, I need another underdog. Did he? He said, no, I need another mighty young woman, a mighty young man, a mighty overcoming conqueror, someone who believes in me, someone who believes in the fullness of who they are in me. Come on. Romans 8, 37 says this, Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. That we are more than conquerors for those in Christ Jesus. And um, I was having a conversation between services, and it's not like that we get all boastful and proud about it. You know, it says in the Beatitudes that uh, blessed are the poor in spirit because they'll, they'll receive the kingdom of heaven. So it's not like we become boastful and all that sort of thing, but we, we carry this, this heart of, of, of humility in the bigness of who God is. We, we own that, that it's our Father, that who dares defy the armies of the Most High God? We don't have to pretend to be someone we're not. We just need to know who He is through our assignment. We're more than conquerors. Chris Vallotton says this, we may not be able to change our circumstances, but we can change our stance. We can change the way that we look at things. We can change our perspective of, of the way, thing, of actually of the things that are in the natural around us. We can look at them in the, with the eyes of faith, with the eyes of hope, and with the eyes of belief, belief again. It says, well, it doesn't say, well, I say that our inlook <laughs> determines our outlook. That the way that we look at ourselves colors the picture of the life that we are actually living. And I believe as a church in this season, I had another message that I was going to prepare and preach today about bringing a friend to the service next week and like being alive and all that. But I just felt like God just so interrupted me and say, there's, a, there's people in this church that need to know that I'm for them, that I'm with them, that there's promises in this hour for us to lean on and lean into. And I want to encourage you in this season to lean into God, to lean into what He's saying, more so than what the world is saying about you at this time, whether it's your health, whether it's your finances, 
Uh, whether it's your marriage, your children, whatever you're going through, like God has a promise of hope for you in this season. And I'm going to speak, there's, there's just the three things today to keep you big and stop you shrinking. Number one is that you're not an underdog. Number two uh, that was, was when I was a young adult, I carried this victim status around on my life and it had become a coping mechanism for me. You know, it was like, it covered everything. It was what, how I thought about myself. It was how I thought about my career uh, and my future. And, and the conclusion of being a victim is this, that I am isolated from living in victory and it's not my fault. And you know, sometimes we are victims of others' actions. And I just, you know, if you're here today, and I don't want to discredit or, or just, you know, make what you're going through or been through small in any way. But uh, we, so we are a victim of others. Sometimes we're just victims of time and chance working against us. It's just like we're in a fallen world and life happens sometimes and it sucks. And, you know, I, you know that's, that's really tough. But I want to tell you that, if you have a sustained uh, pattern around your life is that I am a victim, then you're never going to be able to carry victory in your life. You can't have a division of, of victim mindset and, and, and as a victor. We're called to a place of victory without actually owning anything that is of a victim in our own lives. And, and I was um, just thinking actually yesterday about some of those things that have just broken me out into this place of blessing, this place of wielding the promises of God have been so practical around letting people, letting offences go in my own life. Like, mate, there's so much in there. And um, it's basically letting the forgiveness and grace that Christ has given me uh, become the forgiveness and grace that I show to others for these real hurts and offenses that actually came in me. And I remember like one by one, just going through these situations for a year or two, just forgiving people. Man, bullies at school for me, that was just huge between the age of 12 and 15. And I was at Marlborough Boys High and I just had the toughest time. I actually did. It was really rough. Smacked in the head, grass rammed down throat. It was ugly, just pushed around. It was like, I was just like that little dweeb, um, monty boy that I just, I hated myself. I hated myself for it. I hated these guys that, that did this to me. And I remember just forgiving them, releasing them from my judgment and feeling like literally a weight and a shift of vision happen around my life. Like just gone, absolutely, like so impacting. I remember as well. At school, I just had this great embarrassment of my lack of academic skills. I couldn't, like, I didn't pass a maths test from about the age of 12. I struggled as, as, as spelling. I struggled just everything. I was like, I lived in the art room, basically. The only detention I had at school was actually when I, I was meant to be in maths, but I was in art. And, and so I just, I would hide away from, from, from failing tests. I was just like, I hated it. And I remember just giving that hurt and that victim of like, you know, that, I was a victim of school. You know, yeah, I, I was a bit like that for me. I gave that away. There was a maths teacher in, in the third form, year nine, and he would just, he just, scared. He, I was so scared of him. And mainly him asking me questions. And he just, he yelled at me one day. And I just still remember that moment. You know, I'm like 40 odd. And, and that's still, that's still, I was 13 at the time. I still remember that moment because it's such an impression. It crushed me. And I remember forgiving him, releasing that judgment off his life, feeling great doing it, blessing him. Yesterday it was said, you know, the power of our blessing will always overturn the power of a curse or anything that's coming against us. Forgiving him, blessing him. Um, 
I remember another thing that was very real for me that maybe it was the same for you guys here. My first job as a 17-year-old, I went out into this place of employment and I had very little confidence at the time. And any confidence that I actually had within three months was completely gone. This guy would yell at me every day, tear strips at me. I remember one time trying to weld something together and I couldn't get the handle of using a welder and he would just, he went ballistic and... um, Mate, that, that was horrible. I said mate a lot today. Oh, mate. It was really, it was tough. But I forgave him. I released him from my judgment. And I released him. As I released him, I was able to receive the promises that God had for me. And I'm going after this today because I, you can't hold some things that are of the old nature and of your old life at the same time you're trying to hold on to the promises of God. You know, a victim mindset will actually pollute the promises that God has for you. They'll actually upset. And I don't know, maybe I've offended someone here. Mate, forgive me, right? I didn't mean it. <laughs> like, don't carry stuff, baggage through your life that you can just deal with with forgiveness and just release that offense off your life. I remember about, um, let's move on. Actually, if that's you, though, here today, I do want to pray for you, and I do want to break that stuff off your life, and we'll do that at the end of the service. About five, ten years ago, God took me through this another season of growth in regards to up, um, understanding my purpose and significance. And I, and I remember at the time, just, you know, it was insecurity. I was like, who am I when there's so many more awesome people around me? And I remember talking with Richard Black about this. I had counseling. It's awesome. Uh, life coach, he was so helpful. And I would, I would so unashamedly say that because I think we all need help. Eh? But he was helping me through this. And I think I said to him at the time, there are so many people who are better than me. <laughs> what, about, what, about, what do you think, Richard, about me concluding that I'm average? Because, you know, if everyone's special, then no one's special. And, and I'm just like, what? But, but I'm not only average, I'm going to be the best average that I can be. Wouldn't that be awesome? And uh, I know you're like, what the heck? Who is this guy with the microphone? He's weird. Um, but, you know, I was trying to find my places in, in, amongst my peers and my team. Uh, figuring out, you know, am I, am I relevant in this environment? If, if I'm not as good as, then what's my voice? What, what do I have to offer this environment? And, um, and he said to me, you know, you need to take your worth and value out of other people's hands for a start. And I was just like, I knew that. <laughs> it wasn't about that though, Richard. He's like, yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> I remember saying, other people's opinion of you is actually none of your business. This was for me, and I know that you guys are different. You wouldn't compare yourselves to others or, you know, no. This is like, I'm, this is my moment of shame, no, of vulnerability. You know, if others are the measure of how good or bad we're doing, then we've lost sight of where our true worth lies. The Bible says in uh, Genesis that our foundation of our identity is connected to the fact that we are created in the image of God. That's a pretty good image to be created in. That's a pretty incredible uh, piece of DNA that you've got hanging off your life right now. None of us need to live in the shadow of anyone else's image other than that of the image of our Heavenly Father. We are His image bearers. And, And the image that you have in Christ Jesus, it cannot be devalued 
or eroded or it's not up for a performance review, you know, or your social status or anything like that. You are, you've got the image of God all over your life. And that image is just such an incredible, incredible gift that each one of us have. And, and a part of what I'm talking about today is, is, is getting rid of that comparison, getting rid of that victim mindset, getting rid of that underdog and just letting the image of God that, that is, is you be revealed to this world through the blessings that He has put onto your life. It says in 2 Corinthians 10, uh, 12 to 13, when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. (laughs) I love that. We, however, will not boast beyond proper limits, but we will confine our boasting, oh, you can boast, to the sphere of service God Himself has assigned to us. Each one of us has got this significant sphere. We've got this place of unique uh, connection and purpose in our lives, whether that be leadership or serving or praying or prophesying or, pr- or whatever it is. It's significant. And you can boast about that. It says right here in the Word of God. <laughs> we can boast about our connection to what we're called to do. So we're all called to carry this unique assignment for our lives. And and our cry for each one of you guys is that heaven's justice would be released through your life at the injustices that you see. That the things that frustrate the heck out of you, that, that you have a heart for, would become your place of assignment. Maybe you haven't got this like bells and whistles prophetic word around your life, but if you can see something that's just annoying the heck out of it, you, uh, of you annoying the heck out thing, <laughs> then let that be your place that you're deployed to. Come on. Our faith assignments are really, really divert, whether it's, you know, covert, where we maybe we're employed in the marketplace into, uh, into something of local government where we just can't go, Jesus, 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 let me pray for you, da, 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 da. But we're actually, you know, receiving his, uh, his downloads for creative ideas and bringing kingdom values and principles in there. Maybe you've got an overt ministry call on your life where you're an evangelist and you're like, Jesus saves, heals, delivers, you know. Come on, we can't all live in the same box, but whether you're covert or overt, don't be novert. Don't. Put your faith in a cupboard in this season. Bring it out. Bring it out of the cupboard. Bring it out. Bring it out. Let it shine. Let it shine through who you are. Let it shine through your actions. Let it shine through your confession. That's a big one. Let his faith shine through our confession. You know, if our faith has been hiding in the closet, you know, we can't access the promises of of God, His grace remains incomprehensible to you, because it says, you know, with, through grace, with faith, we're saved by grace through faith. You know, they connect, they interchange. We can't access grace without faith. Without faith, our inheritance remains untouchable. In Hebrews eleven, that is impossible to please God without faith. There's something there for us to take a hold of, to get out of the cupboard, to, 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 to wield this promise that is over your life in this season. If we can just grab the band up, that'd be awesome. Maybe you're just used to saying, it's impossible, God. My life's impossible. 
this situation's impossible. I want to just flip that around a little bit today and just say, you know, let's, let's start confessing that I'm possible with God. I'm possible with the Holy Spirit. I'm possible with Christ Jesus because love has won over my life. So if you're here today, you felt like an underdog. Maybe you've been a victim and for reals, like it has actually been victim, but, or, and, but it's become a part of your paradigm for, of living. And you feel like, man, I need to shift out of that victim mindset. Then there's grace to, for you today. If you want to just... Move out from comparing yourself to others and, and, and keep reconciling your worth and value by the way that you look at others or success or whatever, then that's something to offer up to Jesus Christ today. How about we all stand in this moment? Because we are called to wield a sword. Let me get the sword. I still need that. Thank you. I will chop off your head if you move it. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just take this moment. Just take this moment just to ask the Holy Spirit, is there any lies that I believe about myself today that I need to hand over to you? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just pray for all those, God, here this morning who have just felt trapped in a lie, trapped in a lie about their identity, trapped in a lie about being a victim to life. I just declare today, God, that you give us your shield of victory. Your right hand sustains us. You stoop down and you make us great. And so we take authority over those lies of that victim mindset and we break it in Jesus' name today. We smash it and we declare victory over lives. Victory over sleep. I declare peace and rest into spirits and souls in this place today. Lord, where where people have felt like underdogs, Lord, that they're always just might win, but probably not. Lord, I just declare right now, God, freedom from that lie that everyone here is an overcomer and that Jesus Christ is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Thank you, Jesus. And just lastly, for those who have been comparing themselves with others, Lord, we just release that image, Lord, of others from ourselves that others have had the power to mould us, to shape us, to influence us, God, in the negative, God, as we just don't measure up, Lord. We just release that, God, right now. And we receive Your image, just the value of being a son and a daughter in Christ Jesus. Awesome. Thank You, Holy Ghost. Thank You, Holy Ghost. If you're here this morning, and you, you're just like, what is going on in this place? What is this Jesus? What, who is God? Like, I just don't know Him. You know, last, just yesterday, I was talking with a young man who, who gave his life to Christ just last weekend in one of our services. And he said, I just can't believe how joyful I feel. I can't believe how happy I feel and how free I feel. I, I just couldn't figure it out. But I realized that I just needed to take a step of faith and just believe. And he said, when I did that, I just can't explain how good it got. And maybe you're here today and you're like trying to work out this whole salvation thing. You've heard about that word. You've heard that Jesus could be your friend and that He's got a plan for your life. I wanna tell you 
that He is so, so good today. And if you're here today and you want to just receive grace, you want to receive His love today, I want to invite you in this moment just to raise your hand nice and high. If you want to give your life to Christ today and say, yes, Glenn, I want to follow Him. I want to know the goodness and the joy of giving my life to Jesus. Then I just want to invite you in this moment just to lift your hand nice and high. Thank you, Jesus. That's cool. Let's just pray for our region. Lord, I just thank you for North Canterbury, God. I just thank you for our assignment, Lord, for those who are waiting for truth, God. Your Word says those who hunger for righteousness will be filled. Those who are seeking truth will find it, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you, Father, that they're going to find truth through our lives. They're going to find truth through Christ Jesus, Lord. And we just, I just declare over our church divine encounters this week, Lord, to release grace, to release freedom and joy into our region, Lord. We just pray for our region that you would raise up leaders, that you would raise up champions, God, in its different spheres of our lives, God, to see redemption in its fullest sense, God, happen in our town. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Come on. Hey, we're going to get ready now to take up our Big Give offering, which is really, really exciting. So we're going to get this big present on the stage, just dragged forward a little bit. And I'm so excited, church, that when I look at that video um, of all those locations and spaces and places around the planet and in our community that we are believing in, that we're believing for, and we're ready to finance and resource. And I'm just, I'm excited that this offering is going to equip, it's going to change lives and extend the kingdom of God. So let's just be joyful as we give today. And you can give by FPOS as well out the back if you didn't come prepared. There are pledge forms on your seats, hopefully, and out the back. If you want to write your name on it, you can do so on the back. It'd be a good idea to get your name on it, actually, if you are writing a pledge form. So let's finish with a song this morning. Thank you, church, and we'll see you tonight.